Welcome to the Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast, where today we will be listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Brent Russell. You have your Bibles, you want to take them and look at the passage that was just read, Philippians chapter 2, verses 19 to 30. The title of the sermon today is Uncertain Times. We've been working our way through the uh, Paul's letter to the Philippians. Just want to leave it on the title screen there for now. That'd be awesome. Uh, we've been working our way through the Paul's letters to the Philippians today. Uh, we come to the logistical part of the letter. Now, this this part of the letter is kind of like my sister writing me saying, "My sister lives in New Zealand. We're going to plan to come in." The spring, maybe, depending on COVID, but we might not be able to come, and we're, we're hoping that things work out all right. This, that's this part of the letter, right? Well, um, it's just a practical, logistical thing that Paul's working through with the Philippians. But even in this part of the lesson, there are some spiritual lessons, some important lessons that you can learn. In fact, the lessons that come out of this passage can be immensely practical. Some of you are going to think, no, they're not that spiritual. Well, there's no real uh, dissonance, there's no real conflict between spiritual and practical uh, uh, principles coming out of the Word of God. But before I get into those lessons, let let me give you the big picture so that you'll understand what's going on here. So Paul and Silas had started the Philippian church 10 years ago before this letter. Um, And Timothy, who had recently joined Paul and Silas on their missionary journey, was there for the beginning of the church. He saw Paul and Silas get arrested and thrown in prison. He saw people in Philippi, like the jailer, come to know the Lord. So fast forward 10 years. Paul's under house arrest in Rome. He's waiting for his trial to happen, at which time he may be released or he may be killed. Timothy attends to Paul's needs as as Paul waits for the trial to commence. Now, the Philippian church, having heard of Paul's house arrest, sent this guy by the name of Epaphroditus from their church to help Paul in Rome, um, especially to deliver some money that had been collected from the Philippian church to help Paul in Rome. Now, what you need to know is that this is not an easy or a straightforward trip. It's between 1,100 and 1,900 kilometers, depending on which direction you you go. Uh, uh, You could go over land, which was slower and took more effort, or you could go by water, which was longer, and you sailed by the place where Paul got shipwrecked, and was weather dependent, either way, you're probably going to take a couple of months to get from Rome to Philippi or vice versa. So the church in Philippi sent Epaphroditus to Paul in order to deliver some money to help him in his house arrest. And now, um, but Epaphroditus, either on the way to Rome or just after he got to Rome, well, he got ill severely ill, to the point where he almost died. Now, what was worse is that there must have been somebody who was in Rome, who was heading back to Philippi, that would have delivered the news of Epaphroditus' severe illness. And he probably left at a time when they weren't sure whether he was going to make it or not. 
Can you imagine being Epaphroditus' mother? Can you imagine being the church that sent him? You get this news, you know it's two months old, but you'd worry, you wonder what's going on. There's angst there. In fact, that's the dynamic that inspired the, the writing of this letter to the Philippians. Epaphroditus had recovered. He wanted to get back to Philippi so that so the church wouldn't worry about him. So Paul writes this letter that, that we're, we are studying right now, the book of Philippians, to send back with Epaphroditus to the church of Philippi. Now Timothy, Timothy is still with Paul uh, in Rome. Paul says that Timothy will, will come as soon as I know what's going on with me. I can trust him to bring Jesus to you. He'll come back and tell me how you're doing. Paul says, I hope that I can come to you in the future, and we'll see which way the trial goes. I, I'm trusted it's going to go, uh, that, that it's going to go well. One of the things that really strikes me about this passage is the amount of uncertainty that Paul is in the middle of. Don't know what's going to happen to me. I'm confident, confident in the Lord that Things are going to work out, but I don't know. He says in verse 19, I, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news uh, about you. Notice he says, I, I hope in the Lord. That's another way of saying, if, if the Lord wills, I'll, I'll plan to go out. Um, um, but the plans could go out the window. We'll see. Verse 23, I, I hope therefore to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. I'm confident in the Lord that I, I, I myself will come to. I, I don't know how things are going to go with me. I'm, I'm confident that God's going to deliver, deliver me, but I'm not confident enough to say to Epaphroditus, we'll just tell him I'm delivered. Paul's living in a lot of uncertainty. And then when Epaphroditus got sick, it was even worse. Verse 27, indeed, uh, he was ill and almost died. But God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but also on me, to save me sorrow upon sor sorrow. Paul obviously prayed for Epaphroditus' recovery, but you can tell it was not a given that he would recover. Paul was, was living in uncertainty. Have you ever been there? Maybe you're there right now. In, Saul, in some way, all of us are there. COVID has made making plans hard. I wanted to book uh, travel holidays, but I wasn't sure when the time came if we could travel. And that kind of trivia is uncertain, uh, is, tr is trivial compared to the other uncertainties of life. Some of you can relate to Epaphroditus. You're not sure what your illness is going to bring. Will you get better or not? Some of you can relate to Paul. Good friends going through a tough time. Will he get better or not? Or you look at your own situation like Paul did and said, yeah, this trial's coming. Could turn out well. Confident in the Lord, but maybe not. If the Lord wills. Some of you know what it means to face financial insecurity or relational insecurity. There are a lot in our town who face food insecurity and housing insecurity. Um, now, if you are in one of those uncertain places in life, how do you respond? What do you do? I've, 
I spent a lot of time in my life in those places. Kind of felt like if I was a really good Christian, I, I really wouldn't be feeling insecure and uncertain. If, if I had enough faith if I, that would just compensate for the ins, un, uncertainty in some way, uh, in such a way as to make it irrelevant. And I, I know what Paul says a little later on in this, this letter, letter uh, Philippians 4, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. But I also know that uncertainty is very real. If Epaphroditus had died, well, look what Paul says. Indeed, he was ill, he almost died, but God had mercy upon me, not only him, but also me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. If what could happen happens, then that would be sorrow upon sorrow. Can you just hear Paul saying, I don't need that right now? Paul also speaks of his anxiety in this passage. So how do you deal with the uncertainties in life? How do you... How do you cope with them? Well, first thing is this. If you can some way alleviate the uncertainties or the uncertainty of others, do it. Remember what was driving this letter. Epaphroditus had been sick and near death, and he, he knew the people at home were worried about him. And that's why Paul is sending Epaphroditus back home, verse 26. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard he was ill. And indeed, he was ill. He almost died. Uh, but God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I'm, I'm more eager to send him so that when you see him again, you may be glad. And I may have less anxiety. Epaphroditus was stressed because people were worrying about him, and, and Paul had anxiety about Epaph both about Epaphroditus' distress and the Philippians' anxiety. Please note that Paul had anxiety too. Anxiety is real. So, what does Paul do about the anxiety? He doesn't just stew in it. He doesn't just contemplate it. He actually does something about it. He sends Epaphroditus home. It would have been nice to have somebody else around to help him out, but he sends him home. If there is any way that you can alleviate your uncertainty or the uncertainty of others, do it. That's the first principle coming out of this passage. Now, I know that that seems obvious, but it is amazing how often we avoid doing exactly that. We avoid having the difficult conversation. You're anxious about it, you're anxious about it, but you just avoid the conversation. Um, we avoid making that call to, towards getting the answers we need because we're afraid of the answer, so we just stew. 
Listen, I know this advice doesn't seem really spiritual, but it's practical. And spiritual advice and practical advice are not opposed to one another, as I said. They go hand in hand. I don't know who, who needs to hear this, but if you can do something about the uncertainty in part of your life, just go do it. You can't solve everything. Paul couldn't deal with getting out of prison, but there was something he could do. Uh, if you can do something about a portion of it, do it. Second thing that you need to understand about uncertainty is that even when life seems certain, it's not. James chapter 4, verse 13 says, Now, listen, you who say, tomorrow, today or tomorrow, we'll go and do this or that, uh, or uh, to, to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, make money, why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if, the Lord's, if it's the Lord's will, we'll live and do this or that. That's what, exactly what Paul is saying in verse 19. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. He talks about Timothy and then says, I, I hope therefore to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. I hope in the Lord. If the Lord wills, here are my plans. When you live in the middle of uncertainty, it's a good thing to make plans. Things will not always be as uncertain as they are now. Paul's trial will happen. When it does, I'm going to send Timothy to you to let you know how it goes. But my plans are all contingent on if the Lord wills. I hope in the Lord that this is going to happen. Even when life seems certain, it isn't. So we need to submit our plans for tomorrow to the Lord. Great thing about doing that is it prepares you for uncertain times. You make plans in the same way. I hope in the Lord to do this. My trust um, for tomorrow is dependent on the Lord. So I might as well trust him in the middle of the uncertainty and go ahead and make plans. You'll notice the, plan, you'll notice the plans are tentative. There's no assuming that this is for sure, for sure, for sure going to happen. But Paul doesn't stop looking forward just because life is uncertain. I see so many people in, in difficult times, uncertain times, and all that they can see is the storm. And I, as, as an outsider, I'm looking in, and I can see that the storm's going to pass. Don't know what will be left behind when the storm passes, but the storm is going to pass. They see the storm, and that's all they see from the inside. And it feels to them like the storm will be here forever. People, make plans subject to the will of God for when the storm passes. You'll notice what Paul hopes to get out of his plans. He hopes that 
when he hears back from the church at Philippi that, that he will be cheered. Make plans for something that, that will do good for your soul. So when I send Timothy and I hear back from him that he will, I will indeed be cheered by the news. There's something good. There's something healthy about looking forward to something good. This is one of the things that COVID has muted in our lives, hasn't it? It's caused us to, to have little to look forward to. Um, make tentative plans, if the Lord wills, to do something good for your soul. It's helpful. Next thing you need to note is that Paul uh, has a like-minded person to walk through the storm with. He's got a spiritual friend, Timothy. Philippians chapter 2, verse 20. No one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But, but you know that Timothy has proved himself. Because as a son will, uh, with his father, he has served me, with, uh, the, uh, served me in the work of the gospel. If you read the New Testament closely, um, you'll see that Timothy was often used by Paul as a troubleshooter in the church. When Paul was run out of Berea, Timothy was left behind to stabilize the church. Paul sent Timothy to the church in Corinth to encourage them, but also to deal with some issues that were going on in the church. Timothy was, was sent to Thessalonica to encourage the church. Um, after each one of these ministry assignments, Timothy would rejoin Paul. These two had quite the history of ministering together and, and apart. They'd seen God do miracles and plant churches and solve problems. Timothy was around when Paul was arrested and thrown into prison. And he was around when the miracles happened that he was able to leave prison. And now he's with Paul together while he's under house arrest again. These guys had a significant age difference. But there was this deep friendship, spiritual friendship, respect for each other. So now Paul's under house arrest in Rome, and Timothy is with him. Timothy's not under house arrest, and so that makes it possible to, to serve Paul. The th thought was is that when you're under house arrest, you actually had a, uh, you were chained to a soldier, but you had to apply our, um, you had to provide for your own needs, so your own food and all those kind of things, which made it difficult. You were relying on others. There is something about having a spiritual friend that is both godly and right, and it's really important in uncertain times. I've seen the way that uh, many people when they are confronted by the troubles and trials of life, isolate themselves. Uh, for some, it's about, well, I, I don't want to be a burden. For others, it's about this virus of ungodly individuals that thinks I shouldn't need anyone else. But during uncertain times, you really do need spiritual friends. 
Now, there are certain things that spiritual friends can't do. They can't take the, the burden away. They can't make things more certain. They can't fix the problem. Timothy couldn't get Paul out of prison. But there are things that they can do. They can listen without judgment. They can remind you of the things that you know, but may have forgotten in the middle of the darkness. They can pray for you. They can pray with you. If your spiritual friend is wise, they can give you perspective. Because it's really easy to lose perspective in uncertain times. They bring comfort by their presence. You know Jesus is in them. And as they come to you, you can remember that Jesus is ministering to you through them. They're using their gifts of the Spirit to, to talk to you. That's Jesus at work in the middle of the relationship. They're able to serve you when you are unable to do what you need, just like Timothy was doing for Paul. And aside, I, I know that there's some of you who are quite comfortable serving others when they are in need, but you have difficulties letting others serve you when you are in need. Got three words for you. Get over it. When you need somebody, let them serve you. As a pastor, I'm sometimes asked to go to hospital room of a person I don't know and try to bring comfort to that person. And, and I do that, but it's really challenging because you don't know them and they don't know you. So I read scripture and I assure them that Jesus is in the room and I pray for them. But unless I get a specific word from the Lord for them, it seems really unsatisfying. Kind of, yeah. I walk with some of my, my spiritual friends through difficult times. That makes all the difference in the world. And they walk with me. When you have a history with each other, you can speak into their lives. They can speak into your lives on a level that's not otherwise possible. Do you have a spiritual friend that you know would pray for you and be with you in difficulty? If you don't, then you need to spend some time investing in the community of God. Um, start making history now. See, you make history, and then when the time arises... You have some people in your life that can matter. Spiritual friends are wonderful people to, to walk with when life is good. But they are essential when life is hard. We live in uncertain times. There are times in life when things become difficult and challenging, and the future seem, feels more insecure than, than ever. Paul lived in one of those times, and he wrote the book of Philippians, and in this just logistical thing, this is what we're doing, he says three things. Minimize the stress he could, both for others and for yourself. 
If you can alleviate your uncertainty or the uncertainty of others, just do it. Don't let it fester. He sent Epaphroditus home. Is there a phone call you need to make, a difficult conversation you need to have? Do it. Next thing Paul did was he, he made plans but subjected them to the will of God. And these plans were good for his soul. When you live in the middle of uncertainty, it is good to make plans that will feed your soul. It is what we do in good times, but something that we can do in uncertain times. Of course, it's if the Lord wills, or I hope in the Lord to be able to do such and such. But there's something good for our souls in looking ahead. Last thing Paul did is, uh, or to more accurately state, something Paul had was a spiritual friend. He had a like-minded person to walk through the storm with him. There's no one quite like um, Timothy was to Paul. And he walked with him, he stayed with him, he encouraged him, he served him. And Paul, as he looked around, he said, Rejoice in the Lord always, he'll say it again, rejoice in uncertain times. Paul had a spiritual friend to encourage him. Make sure you have some spiritual friends in your life. People will pray for you. People who know you and you know them. Listen, uncertain times to come to us all. There are good ways through it. Alleviate the uncertainty you can. When you're in the middle of uncertainty, make plans, but subject them to God. Make plans that will feed your soul. And... Have some spiritual friends around you. Put it into practice, and God will see you through. God is faithful. God is good. Even in the middle of difficult times, we can trust him. Let's pray. Lord, uncertain times come to us all. They're really hard sometimes. And you know us. So, Lord, I want to pray for each person listening to this who are feeling the insecurity of the uncertainty most keenly. I pray that you would comfort them, that you would give them the strength to do what they need to do. Help them, Lord, to live wisely in this world. And, Lord, I especially want to pray for those who don't have spiritual friends around them, would you provide them the right person? Would you match them up with two or three other people? And Lord, would you help them to walk well through difficult times? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week on Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast. Make sure to visit our website at asburyfmperth.com where you can subscribe and never miss a show. If you'd like this broadcast, you might want to check out our Facebook page, Asbury Free Methodist Church. Until next week, take care and God bless.